This is the DJ for Party of One podcast. This is your host, CL45. And what I would like to talk about today is high speed dubbing, the other side of the game. That's not the episode name, but high speed dubbing and the rise of bootlegging. And I know it affected across the board every type of music that there was but the dual cassette deck definitely would have affected black music the sales and hip-hop i feel nobody talks about this in this way because that was decades ago but i really feel like when i think about it it probably affected hip-hop in a much greater way and, and just go with me here on this theory. So when you have songs by artists like Luther Vandross or Babyface or Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, Prince, whoever else you can name during that time frame, um, they're getting plays on the radio. So they're getting the promotion. The fan base is growing. Um, and yeah, there are people that are buying those albums definitely because it's music that they're hearing multiple singles and they know that they love it now if you've got rappers that have albums coming out and they're fighting hard to get some time on the radio and they're just trying to get in the presence of a bigger audience and if you haven't heard their music how likely are you to go out and just, oh, who's this artist? I have no idea who they are or what they um, are rapping about, but I'm going to go out and buy the entire cassette or album. I don't think that's very likely. I don't think that was happening. So I believe more so it hurt hip hop probably more so than anything. It also probably spread the news about more artists and there were times where you might have like a bootleg version of something and I know that happened for me um, many times second to none I can think that was a group I had the bootleg and I went and bought the original Black Moon I remember getting into the stage at a parade somebody had a bootleg version of it and I went and I got the original eventually as a CD as well. So Buckshot Shorty don't come for me. I, I did go out and get the original, but I, I did start with a bootleg. So I'm just saying. Um, and most of the time when I saw bootleg merchandise being sold, it usually was for rap. It, it, it was very rare that I saw like Michael Jackson, Thriller, bootleg. I can't remember ever seeing in the, at least the people that I saw, I, I very rarely saw the bootlegs for that, but I've seen bootleg two live crew, um, bootleg NWA, Ice Cube. And I think that's why the rappers had so much of a focus on it. Straighten it out. That video, you can see CL Smooth, um, Pete Rock, their song, and the they're turning over. The um the table where the guy's selling bootlegs, 
um, Ice Cube, Steady Mobbing, the bootleg T-shirt of the month, which you can't touch this on the front. It was it was prevalent in hip hop. You knew that was going on. So, yeah, this episode, high speed dubbing and the rise of bootlegging. Yeah, I, I just started right out the gate. I wasn't planning to start out like that and just go right into this this whole theory that I have about how much it affected or so much more that it affected hip hop. But but yeah, my, it was on my mind um, because high speed dubbing. When I look back at it right now, I can see that it definitely was like a two-sided fence there. Um, I don't even know why I use that analogy because, of course, a fence would have two sides. Um, but no, what I'm saying is, as we are in the midst of right now, a writer strike, actor strike, and they're talking about the money, the SAG group, I was just talking to my daughter yesterday, trying to explain like the whole SAG thing, um, Screen Actors Guild, which to a 14-year-old that, that that makes no sense. Like, what what is the Screen Actors Guild? And I said, I think that's what SAG stands for, but I don't really know. And I was driving at the moment, so I didn't really feel like going into a whole thing of looking it up. I was just like, just know. That the writers and the actors are on strike. That's what's happening. But, but yeah, when I when I think fondly of high speed dubbing in the episode about high speed dubbing that I I did, um, but then on this B side, I thought to myself like, as much as high speed dubbing benefited the dual cassette deck benefited. The rest of the world, music lovers, I realized, oh, there's a group that it did not benefit the actual artist. As a kid, I didn't think about that. That that was not on my mind. I was like, I, I'm building a music collection. I'm collecting more stuff. Where are those blank tapes at? But when you think about it, if you seriously really do think about it, that probably would have been... The very beginning, before we get to streaming, before we get to prior Napster, file sharing, all that stuff, the very, very beginning of cutting artist sales in, in half, probably even more, is um with the dual cassette deck. I mean, think about it. If you have a million fans as an artist... And let's say 500,000 of those have sisters, brothers, cousins, friends, aunts, uncles that hear you play in some album or tape that, well now, yeah, the cassette you could record to to that as well. Um, so that was there. That was already in place. You could, once that cassette was your recording, yeah, that was that was a thing. But I do feel like we were, at least in school in my years, 
as I've said before with the vinyl and the early vinyl, my first album episode, you can't transport vinyl in a school environment. You, you can't transport it in a car. So that tape was really taking off. It was becoming hot. So if you've got a tape and you want somebody else to have a tape, once you have the dual cassette deck and you have high speed dubbing and you can do it in such a faster time frame, it allows you to also do multiple tapes in a um, a faster time frame. Now, I've never seen the machines that would be used for making um, multiple tapes or something like that for dubbing stuff. But if you've got high speed dubbing, it just speeds up the process and makes it a process that is much easier to implement for bootlegging this stuff. So, yeah, as a kid, I just my mind wasn't there. But, yeah, you think about millions and millions of sales of cassettes. And eventually it will become CDs because, you know, we were able to burn those. But. Yeah, the the ability to. To dub something very fast just between friends not even like on a scale where people bootlegging it and selling it like that but just between like friends family members when you're passing on something just because you got like a, a blank tape and you're able to quickly record from another tape and then you pass your tape off maybe you make two copies for one for you one for a friend and maybe this friend has like five friends that are all going to be able to make a copy of this tape as well. So, so yeah, that that's the crazy thing, like that the bootlegging and the high speed dubbing, the dual cassette deck, all of that stuff kind of just sort of started to really make things take off. Because at some point, I know with the middle school days of like friends and tapes I know at some point we were probably getting to a place where you're letting someone hold something that you bought and they're giving you something that they dubbed and so now you're getting a copy of a copy <laughs> so yeah it's it, it's crazy but I, I do think that that played a big part in the the industry because it's like the original file sharing before you were putting stuff in a computer yeah you you had that tape format and all you had to do is push play and you push that high speed dubbing button and it goes wild you know all your your everything is sounding like the chipmunks whether it's rapping or it's R&B, it's slow jams, fast, it doesn't matter. It just all sounds like some chipmunk singing. And you got that side A and side B recorded in lightning speed time. And you're able to give it back to whoever. You know, there'll be sometimes where someone might come over to the house. It's not even like a, a school exchange type stuff with friends where 
that tape got to be out of your sight for a whole night and you got to wait for them to trust them to bring it back. It's possible that somebody could have just came over to your house to visit and they had the tape in the car with high speed dub and guess what? You can record that whole thing and just be done with it before they even leave your house. It's not, it doesn't have to be out of their possession to that point where they're worried about it. Because that was a, a alienating factor too. Like if you wanted to borrow something from a friend, family member, and they had already spent a cassette in the late 80s, I know it would have been probably almost $11 if you didn't catch something on sale. Because I remember buying MC Light's second album as a cassette, Eyes on This, for Cha Cha Cha. Go listen to it if you have a great song, one of the greatest songs of the 80s in hip hop, as far as I'm concerned. I don't want to argue about it. But <laughs> I, I know for sure that was like, Almost $11 after tax. So there you have that. So if a person has spent their money on it and you just happen to know that they have it and it's brand new to them, none of the writing has faded off the tape as they usually do. And you're got you're asking with your hand out, hey, let me get a dub. Some people are friendly enough to just say, yeah. You know, hey, Mikasa, Sukasa, whatever, mine's yours. Others may have said, nah, you got to get your own. <laughs> you know, they're not ready. It's too new. It's too new. I, j I just paid for it. I haven't quite gotten to a point where I feel like I've gotten my own value out of it. And I feel like you getting like a copy from me is just you getting it free. I don't want to do that. You know, there were those times where that happened. So that preserved, I guess, a sale here and there for the artist that wasn't going to have a fan that was lending that tape out for the world to get a copy of. But for the most part, you were probably going to have friends, especially as I've talked about before. It's the good old tape trade. You know, you're standing out there, you're waiting for classes to start, you're talking about albums, tapes, and whatever. And if they've got something you like, and sometimes maybe they brought it to school, sometimes it's it's just hot in their pocket. Like, you know, they've they've gotten new money and they just can't wait to to spend it. But this is a tape that they just, you know, can't wait to show off. Sometimes might not even be theirs. It's sister's tape or something. And yeah, she likes um, broad bass, you know. So I, I brought it to school. Um, here it is, right? you know. And I didn't worry about the logistics of who it belonged to. I, Your sisters or whatever. I don't have to battle your sister if you don't bring that tape back home or if she's looking forward, ready to play it that day. If we've done the tape change tape trade exchange for the night and I got your Rob base you got my slick Rick hey if you come back home slick Rick and she's trying to play it takes two that's your problem dude I'll get it back to you tomorrow but but yeah high speed dubbing 
the rise of bootlegging, the dual cassette deck, I definitely, and it could be like a shot in the dark type theory. I haven't gone into looking it up. But yeah, I definitely feel like that changed the game a whole lot and it started, propelled a whole lot of bootlegging to the point where an artist that could have possibly easily been a platinum artist may have been someone that just went gold instead of platinum, which gold was nothing to shake a stick at. Yeah, because, well, I mean, maybe it was a thing to shake a stick at. I, I don't even know how that phrase is used. Is it like shaking a stick at it, something bad or good? I, hey, when Big Daddy Kane went gold for um, Long Live Kane, I thought, man, this is a stellar accomplishment. Because at that time where you had so many artists in R&B, that were taking over the, the radio waves and the hip-hop scene was still kind of sort of depending on where you lived and where I lived I know it just wasn't gonna be heard as much maybe when we got to smooth operator Big Daddy Kane yeah then it was more so on the radio and stuff before long live Kane I, I don't think I heard that quite as much unless you were in a certain segment of the where it was like you know hip hop and they got a DJ that maybe he's from like another place state or whatever like that and he's you know he's putting it on he's giving you all of it but that eh, two three hour window on the weekend but you weren't getting it regularly so when he sold five hundred thousand I thought man this what could be better than this can you went gold man but you know what's better selling a million if you had a million people that were buying it instead of those other half a million that were bootlegging it and yeah i was just throwing around random numbers but you know what i mean you get the gist of what i'm saying that high speed dubbing was great for us music fans it was terrible for the artist yeah yeah sorry public enemy ice cube Dr. Dre, every, everybody. Um, now, I didn't specifically bootleg. I'm just naming out names of people that were in um, those industries. But, um, yeah, so many, so many hurdles that I feel like these artists were going through. So it's, it's cool that they were even able to maintain and still stay around. I don't know what record contracts were looking like in those days, but... I definitely feel like it was a, a uphill battle to get to the point where we are now with a 50 year anniversary of hip hop this year. And um, I guess they showed up a lot of the, the women, Salt and Pepper, Missy, um, I think Yo-Yo may have been out there um, as well. I don't know who else from I, I didn't get a chance to see the totality of all of the performers for Essence Fest this year. But, um, yeah, the, the tenacity of these artists to actually be able to still stay around, stick around for decades later, and some of them are still making music to this day. So, 
I, I think it shows the strength of black music, um, definitely in hip hop, that even with all of this going on, all the hurdles, that when we went from people that are on the street selling bootlegs to people in their homes getting dubs, copies of um, things from their friends or whatever. And these artists were still able to rise to the top. They were still able to get those fans that were able to support and wanted to buy their albums. So, yeah, it it, it was a, a notch that kind of took some artists down a couple of pegs. But I still think that overall, the ones that were tenacious enough to keep going, they were able to make it through so so props to those and um yeah columbia house bmg they also played a a big part now i don't know if that was like just registered as okay so it's an album sale because they ship 12 15 albums tapes or whatever to you for a penny i don't i don't see how that counts as an album sale because the stuff that you would have actually bought was the regular club prices that you had to pay for later. So I, I, I don't even know how that system works. But I know just about everybody I knew had BMG and Columbia House. And they were getting these albums for a penny plus the shipping and handling. And imagine that. Them getting it that way. They didn't fulfill the agreement. So they didn't actually buy any albums, cassettes or whatever. So they get, say like they get 12, they pay the shipping and handling costs, right? And then, or some of them may, maybe they didn't even pay the shipping and handling, I don't know, because I think you just mail like that, you put the stamps on it and just mail it out. And I think there was a bill that came, I, I think, I, I, I can't quite remember. But imagine getting 12 cassettes, not paying any regular club price for the other ones, and taking all of those tapes to school in middle grade at one point um, or another and trading back and forth 12 tapes between friends. You might build a whole music collection of just high speed dubbing <laughs> blank cassettes that you've used. And you've also put 12 tapes in the hands of others that were probably using blank tapes. So, so I'm just saying, you see like the line. I, I'm building like a whole universe of high-speed dubbing, dual cassette deck type of events that could have definitely prevented some of these artists from reaching their top potential. So sorry to all those got lost in the sauce. Um, yeah, because as a, as a fan, as a kid, I was really just thinking about what I could get. I never thought about the impact that it had on the artist until now. So here we are with every entertainment platform um, that we have available from music, movies, shows. Everything's just sitting right here on our phone. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of work. I don't know how we get to a point where the artists are not charging a thousand dollars or whatever for tickets because 
they know that on the road is where the main money is made because nobody's buying music anymore. I don't know how we level it out, but yeah, I I think that what I'm talking about now was definitely the start of a tumbling, slow tumbling, but a tumbling of the industry when you, you didn't have to buy it. Probably when you first were able to record with a cassette, that was the real start, but High speed doubling definitely made it easier. It accelerated it. So, yeah. My thoughts on that. That's it. Um, high speed dubbing and the rise of bootlegging. That's it. I'm done. I'm out. CL45. Hope you're having a great day. And I hope that great day turns into another great day to build on a great week. And if this week was rough for you, I'm sorry. Um... We all have those rough days, but I hope that you will continue to bounce back, bounce back, and make that next day a great day, which will lead to a great week. And yeah, that's how we go from out of one storm where we get a breather and into another storm. But hey, you got this. You got this. And when you're down, keep climbing back out. And listen to the podcast while you're, because, hey, it takes you out of your element, puts you in another place, another mind space, something else. You just have to listen to me talk. And it takes you to another different dimension of your life for at least 30 minutes or so. This is less than 30 minutes, but you know what I'm saying. Take some time. Relax. Enjoy yourself. Listen to a podcast. And since I'm done with this one, go ahead and listen to the next one. Thanks.